Hey friends, thank you for pressing play and tuning into Women in Transition. I am your host, Tia Davidson, and you're invited to join me every week for transparent storytelling about life, love, and business. Get ready to laugh, to feel inspired, and challenged to get out of your comfort zone. We are all adjusting to this world of perfection experts doing it for the gram, when in real life, we're just out here trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. Hang on to our adult relationships, find the balance between side hustle and nine to five, and adjust to our new identities in marriage and parenthood. Each episode, I will help you see the growth and possibility in what's next. Are you in position for the next transition? Let's get into the show. Welcome back to Women in Transition with Tia Davidson. I am your host, and today I have a very special guest with me by the name of Teresa Patterson from Cleveland, Ohio, who is a speaker and upcoming author who is on a mission to help mothers of the next generation build godly marriages and dominate the work God created them to do. So more families are united by love and mission-driven visions. Teresa, please tell the people who you are as a woman in transition. Yes, my name is Teresa. I'm a woman in transition because I'm really going deeper into my calling and really serving the people that God created me to serve and just going through the process of healing my heart and just being who he created me to be. Oh, I love that. I wanted to share Teresa's story because she is a wife and a mother on a mission, literally, and God is at the center of everything that she is doing. So Teresa, let's get into the topics for this interview. You just celebrated four years of marriage last month. So tell us who you were before marriage, how you met your husband, and your experience as a millennial wife so far. So we got married in 2017. No, we got married in 2018. I'm tripping. So we got married <laughs> okay. in 2018. Um, before I met my husband, before we got married, I was very cool, fun. Like I liked hanging out with my friends. But I was also very untrusting and very guarded. I didn't really have like super duper close friendships. And like once I really like got to know my husband, he was really the first person that was interested in me for me, like didn't really expect anything from me, didn't really want nothing from me, but just was genuinely interested in me. And so he really helped me to get out of my comfort zone in that way. So that's one way that like being a millennial wife has helped me to grow. And just without having like even a wife that I really trusted to be able to go to for advice for real. So that's one of the main reasons why my mission is what it is to really share the experiences that I've had and like the lessons that I've learned to really be who I needed and, and teach what I needed to know. Yeah. So what has been the biggest um, lesson, I guess, that you've had as a millennial wife? The biggest lesson has mm-hmm. been to love like I've never been hurt before. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. That's a that's a quote <laughs> right there. I love that. So what did you what in you? Because I'm sure we have a lot of women out there who are also not trusting right now, like live today. So 
how did you go about trusting, I guess, your husband? Like, what about him made you feel like you could trust him? Did did you just make it up in your mind one day? Like, okay, I'm going to stop being untrusting and I'm just going to trust. Like, what was that? How did that happen? So the transition really happened over time because I was definitely very like, we had a lot of challenges in the beginning of our relationship and even still now, but the foundation has been me growing closer to God. Really like that vertical relationship really helped with our horizontal relationship because I don't have to like 100% like trust in my husband, like as an imperfect human being, I can trust in God and I can trust that my husband is placing his faith in God and that he's more accountable to him than he is to me yeah. and that like certain things will just are not that are really beneath him because of who he is in Christ and that helps me to be more open and vulnerable and like comfortable with him and the same with him for me because I'm more accountable to God than I am to him and so that dynamic like that triangular relationship yes is really what has cultivated that trust over time. I love that because that's exactly how, you know, we supposed to treat marriage anyway. <laughs> we are supposed <laughs> to trust that our husbands are being led by God and we are supposed to be submitting to our husbands and following them because they are being led by God. So it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. And I think a lot of people kind of neglect that part in their marriage, you know? Because it's easier to, I don't want to say idolize a person, but, you know, when you don't have a source like God, you know what I'm saying, directing you and you are kind of leading your own path, that's kind of mm-hmm. dangerous. <laughs> and I, I think we have a lot of people out there leading themselves and not really, you know, relying on the source who is God, you know, to order their steps and, you know, living life that way. I'm excited to get more into that um you know as we go along with this interview because I'm intrigued (laughs) um so you are currently expecting another baby girl in July congratulations I I know that you had a son who passed away in 2018 and you also have a daughter who will be two in April so Mm -hmm. what were your initial thoughts on becoming a mom when you had your first so my transition into becoming a mom was like was very rough I would say very very rough mm-hmm. because the first time I got pregnant was actually when I was 18 and I had an abortion at that time because my perspective of motherhood was that being a mom was very shameful especially being a single mom I'm like I don't want to deal with all of those challenges I don't want to raise a child if the father is like he don't want to be he don't want to have a child so I don't want to make him have a child I was just like it was just full of shame full of fear of like what my life would look like and I thought my plans would be over. I was getting ready to go to college and I'm like, a baby just don't fit within my plans. And then when I got pregnant with my son in 2017, I I had those same feelings again. But the difference was that I was focused on my relationship with God. The first time I had, I had no clue who God was, didn't know nothing about him, had no like intentional relationship with him while he was always there. I was intentional about it. And then with having 
Dasman, who is my husband now, but he was my boyfriend at the time, that he wanted to have Dalen and he wanted to like live life God's way. So that was a mutual decision that we made, but I still had those fears. I still had those doubts. Mm-hmm. And so when he got here, like it was, it was joy. Like it was yeah. pure joy with him being here because he was just wonderful. And mm-hmm. while I did have like all of these goals and things that I wanted to do, I had to figure out how to like manage them. And it was either like, I had to make the decision for either getting a job that would help me to pursue my goals and dreams or staying at home with him. Um, and I didn't want to be selfish about like taking care of the child that like I had to protect for us. So I decided to be a stay at home mom. And so over time, like as Dalen did pass away in 2018, so that was very traumatic. And then over time, as I healed and continued to grow in my relationship with God, we did have a daughter dazzling. And like right now, being a mom is just it's really I, I understand how God is using motherhood to help me to be who he wants me to be and do what he wants me to do. So with that perspective, I look at it as helping me to grow and I learn a lot from my experiences. So yeah, that's really where I'm at with motherhood now. But the transition into like becoming a mom, that was that was rocky. It was <laughs> rocky. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, So what advice can you give to the women who have also lost a child and don't know how to deal with their loss? What was that process like for you? So that was really the first experience that I had that I actually reached out to other people for help. Like in the past, I had never really talked to anybody about anything that I had going on, nothing. Mm -hmm. It's me. I don't need y'all. I'm out here. So at that I'm like I need other people because I knew this wasn't something that I can handle in my own strength and so I reached out to other people for encouragement for prayers and that was really like the game changer for me so I would suggest like reaching out to other people like a trusted community for prayers um encouragement somebody that has experienced the same things like that like going directly to God, what the verse that really helped me was Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And so I asked God, how is this working for my good? Like, help me to see how this is working for my good. Because, of course, it don't look good and it don't feel good. So, like, asking him to show me. And he really used me to help other women who had similar experiences. So I was able to see how that was helping not only me, but other people and how he was using me in in that way. So I would definitely encourage any woman who's dealing with any type of loss, um, to definitely seek that community, to pray, to look for how it's increasing your faith in God, and then to practice um, asking God how it's working for your good. Yes, I love that. So you're writing a book right now. Please tell us about it, and when can we expect it to be released? Okay, so the book is called Mission Driven Mama, How to Destroy Your Fears and Be Present with Your Family as You Do Your Kingdom Work. That is like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited for it. I'm writing it now, it's not finished yet, and I really don't know when it's going to be finished, I ain't going to lie. 
it's taking a process. I wanted to have it done way like been done, but really as I'm learning more and as I'm serving more women, I'm understanding what's most urgent to put in the book and what can be taken out for us so that it's not like just a whole bunch of information. It's not too much information. You can finish it in a week. And so, yeah, that's really my goal, but that's really what it's to help you to do to build that godly family and to dominate in the work that God created you to do. And just like, really, those are the two areas that it focuses on. And I just share my story, like, tell it everything, you know what I'm saying? I'm about to put it, put it all in the book. Because a lot of the women that I serve, I can relate with where they are and what they've been through. Like, my story is too common. Mm. And something has to be changed about that. So that's really like the motivation or the inspiration behind my book like so that God can be glorified through all of us yes that's what I was gonna say like even reading like your bio and looking at your content and even hearing you speak now like God is like in every sentence every and I and I love that describe your relationship with God and where your influence of faith comes from so I see God as my father and God is also my king. So those are like the, that's the dynamic of our relationship. Like my perfect father, the, the, he created me. And then the king as in like, um, that I'm submitted to his authority yes. and that has the authority over my life. Like he determines what's right and wrong. He sets the standards. And then father as that nurturing, compassionate, like somebody that I can go to and talk to. Like, like how if you imagine like the perfect father, like my like my dad, my like my dad dad, we don't really have all that great type of relationship. And mm-hmm. so I've always had that like that challenge with like imagining a father but like getting to know God as my father has also helped me to see like the parental role and a lot of the things that I experienced with my daughter as my child I see how God does the same types of things with me like setting the standards and like determining like the way that I should be going for real like setting certain boundaries to protect me so that's how I would describe my relationship with God and then my biggest influence of faith has been my husband because he was the first person to actually introduce the Bible to me and tell me about God and Jesus Christ like I went to church with my grandparents when I was in like elementary school and stuff like that but I didn't know nothing about nothing I was just there yeah just (laughs) going yeah so really like his example and just seeing him go through different challenges and just really be a man of his word has really just increased my faith and as well as him being that person that really like cared about me that really showed me love unconditionally because he was the first person that I opened up to about having an abortion like when I, I had that abortion when I was 18 I told him when I was like 20 two or something like that so but he was the first person that I really felt actually cared and wouldn't like dog me or judge me or mm-hmm. anything like that so like really with his example of love has really increased my faith in God because I see what he was motivated by the whole time he was motivated by his relationship with God and his love for God and his desire to glorify him so that really brought me closer to God too I want to get to know God because right. he seemed pretty cool <laughs> right <laughs> oh my gosh so it's like 
Oh, so many questions. I know your husband influenced you, but I feel like you had to have some type of curiosity, you know what I'm saying, for you to even receive that. Because a lot of people have, you know, mates that are interested in sports and they're just like, yeah, I know you're interested in it, but I'm going to let you have it. I ain't going to really get into that. This what I'm on, you know, whatever, whatever. So it's kind of like, it's because because for the people who are listening, who still are in that place, like you said, when you were a little girl, you kind of went to church, you know, just going because you feel like that's what you're supposed to do. But to develop a one on one personal relationship with God and grow, you know what I'm saying? And listen to his voice and not the enemy's voice and your own voice. Like what advice do you have for someone? How did you get to the place where you knew that it was God leading you and not you leading yourself or not the enemy, you know, telling you lies in your own voice and, and, and telling you you can do things when you should probably shouldn't be doing them. Yeah, that's true. Um, the biggest thing was really reading the Bible for myself. Okay. Like when he put the Bible in my hand, I'm like, oh, okay, this is what the Bible actually says. Well, he actually did what well, he went on my Instagram and found like a whole bunch of quotes that I had posted on there. And he showed me where God said that in his word. And I'm like, wow, this is what the Bible actually says. And so once I really experienced that, I'm like, okay, like I want to get to know more. So just reading the Bible for myself and also fellowship with other people who are seeking to live life God's way so that you can see what, like what God is doing in their lives. That has also motivated me to get to know God more. And I believe like people who are like kind of on the fence and don't really know anything about God. I think seeing physical examples of people who love God and are like honoring him and living life by his word that will help you to see like positive examples because we have like people who don't who don't represent God well all the time too and I think that's what gets like put out there like judgmental Christians and stuff like that that's like that's the negative side of it but are you seeking to get around loving Christians like you have to see that if you really want to get to know God don't let judgmental Christians stop you from going to church and reading the Bible and getting to know him don't let people who misrepresent God stop you from loving God because God wants to have that relationship with you so I would say definitely read the Bible for yourself Get around some some other godly people your age, like you and Cleveland come to elevate. Oh my goodness! Like we, we found our church, like our church, New Community Bible Fellowship, hands down top tier. Like I love my church. I love elevate the young adult ministry. Um, so just getting involved with other people who are already on fire for God, so that some of that passion can rub like, off on you. Yes, yes, yes. So those are my those are my things for us. I think that's great. Just like with anything else, you know, if you're interested in something, you kind of want to put yourself in that type of environment. You want to do your research, you know, you want to make it a part of your lifestyle. So I can totally see how that can, you know, be a great start to developing a one-on-one personal relationship with God. So what does it mean to you? Uh, when you say expand God's kingdom and how did you discover your kingdom mission? So, like I said, um, my relationship with God, one aspect of it is God as my king. And 
And to understand that, we have to understand that God's kingdom is a government. So just like the United States operates on a democracy where we get to vote and we get to make decisions and like stuff like that in a in a um, kingdom, the king determines those things. The king sets the standards. People don't get to choose like what's right or wrong. They get to choose to obey or not obey. Mm-hmm. And that's really like understanding those two differences in like what God's kingdom is versus what we're used to in the United States for real. That is like, that's what God's kingdom is. And then ex- to expand his kingdom just means to help other people to understand what God's kingdom is, to understand who God is, how much he loves us. Like he's our king, but he's also our father. Like he loves us. Like those rules, that that obedience and the discipline, like the correction, those things are out of love. And that's really like just sharing that message, like sharing the gospel of who Jesus Christ is and what he did for us, like sharing the message out with more and more people. And then being an example of love, like loving people, like as Christians, we should be known for how we love. Yeah. But that's not necessarily how it is right now. But yeah. we should be known for how we love. And if we are focused on expanding God's kingdom, that will be the case. Yeah. So that's really like how I see expanding God's kingdom. Like we do it in our homes and the way that we that we relate with our families, like the way that we raise our children and the way that we relate with our husbands. And then through the work that we do, a lot of times we leave out our work and we'll be doing something to make money. Even as Christians, we'll be doing something to make money because that's what we're taught. That's just what we're taught. That's how we're taught to be. We're taught to uh, come up with our goals and dreams and then find an opportunity to, that produces those outcomes, build the skills that will help us to be successful. And then our character is determined by all of those things. And we just out here for real. But if we're focused on expanding our God's kingdom through our work, then we're focused on who he wants us to serve and what transformation he wants to help. He wants us to help them to experience like, And that's what motivates us to glorify God in everything that we do with no area left out. So that's really what it means to me to expand God's kingdom. So let's talk about your platform, Build with Teresa. What inspired you to start helping women thrive in their roles? And how do you specifically do that? So really what inspired me was like just my own challenges. Mm-hmm. And just recognizing that my story is very common. My experiences are very common and just wanting to be who I needed, to say what I needed to hear, to teach what I needed to learn, and just like, just serve the women that I can relate with the most. And Mm -hmm. by really understanding that God, like over time, I have really understood that God wants me to serve mothers of the next generation. And just really studying more moms, studying myself and who like who I have been and the things that I've experienced that helped me to be who I am today. But just putting messages out there, that's really what inspired it. And just like my compassion, like my passion and just like knowing who I'm serving, like knowing who I'm serving. Like, you know, you're talking to a person, you know what they need. 
you want to give it to them like you want to give them what they need you want to say what what they what you know they need to hear that's really where my heart has always been and just that that desire to build with my friends that's why it's built with Teresa because before I started really focusing on building a platform and stuff like that I just it was just my friends you know what I'm saying that's who I'm connected with on social media and so I just started sharing what was helping me grow books quotes like strategies i'm like oh let me post this and share with everybody more and more people start following me and stuff like that i'm like oh okay i got more i got more to give y'all i got more to give and so that's just how i really expanded it from there okay i love that so you build you building with Teresa. literally that's the audience (laughs) your friends you know everybody i love that so what does a godly marriage look like for the next generation? You've spoken about that. And why do you think God selected you for this mission? So a godly marriage looks like a man and a woman who make a partnership for real through their individual commitments to honoring God and glorifying him. And then just deciding to do it, to do it together, help each other do what God created them to do individually. And this submitting to the vision that God has for their family unit. That's what I see a godly marriage being. And I believe that God chose me for this mission because of my experiences. Like, he just wanted to use me. I mean, he took me through this process mm-hmm. of learning. Like, my, like my family, my, my parents have never been married. And I've always seen, like, when I was growing up, I saw my parents argue more than I ever heard them say they loved each other. Um, My mom passed away when I was eight. I lived with my grandparents. My dad, like, we ended up moving with my dad. So our family dynamic has been chaos, like, for real. Um, Like, so I can relate with the struggles of the children that are being raised in, like, chaotic homes, for real, or just, like, instability and like stuff like that so just based on those experiences I see how God has uniquely like shaped my heart to have compassion for the people that I serve Mm -hmm. like I share some of my story as just as a woman and then like just having that compassion for the people that that he wants me to serve and then like in partnership with my husband's vision that like we just our visions really go together yeah yeah, yeah together. so yeah. just like I was like boom das boom Teresa this is what I want y'all to do that's just what he said he wanted to do and you know I'm here to be used yes <laughs> no I love that I love that about God and I love that about people and the way that you even view your story you know what I'm saying like how you're not down and out. You had this, you know, the way you grew up and being a product of that type of environment and now taking those experiences and turning into good and seeing the benefit because everything happens for a reason. That's perfect classic case of everything happens for a reason. Things happen to us in life. We get to experience different things. We don't know why, you know, these things are happening. And, you know, that's where testimonies come in. You know what I'm saying? Because we as a people always say that we as a people are way more alike than we know. You know, a lot of the times when you're going through these different things, you feel alone or you feel like, why me? You know, why is this happening to me? But there's someone else who can relate. And maybe this is happening to you because later on in life, you're going to be able to use that to write a book, 
to start a community, to share it publicly, publicly with with people and not be shamed about it because you come out on the other side and you can give somebody else hope and inspiration and you know that things can get better so I love that about your story so far and thank you for even you know sharing it with us and I know that you've spoken about feeling unqualified rejected fearful and insecure how did you overcome the negative thoughts of that because I'm pretty sure um, we all can relate to feeling that way so that had been really a lifelong lifelong battle for real um but just under understanding what I'm here to do like once I discovered my kingdom mission that gave all of my problems context so even like you said like the perspective that I have of my past mm-hmm. like my present and my future it get my kingdom mission gives it context and so mm-hmm. I can see like how because I don't just look at how I feel about it because that's that's where those feelings of um, being unqualified rejected and um just all those other negative ashamed guilty those feelings came from me looking at it from my own perspective but when I shifted my perspective to at least try to see or ask God to help me to see how he was using it for my good and using it to glorify him that's where that like the freedom really comes from for real because it's it's all a part of his plan where he's where he's taking me and how he's using me for real would you say that's pretty much the same response to how you're able to make decisions with compassion and conviction about what you believe and what you've experienced? Or do you have a different? Yeah, that and then just understand exactly who I serve. Like this, like I said, like when you know who you're who you're serving and what they need to hear, what they're going through, where they at, what their fears are, like what their desires are, what their situations are, then I can speak like very clearly, very directly, very boldly, and I can challenge them to level up. I can call them out and call them up at the same time. So that's really like knowing who I serve, knowing who I'm speaking to, and knowing the impact that I'm trying to make in their life, like. That's what gives me that confidence and then really that courage for real because I do feel afraid. Like, you know, I still feel afraid sometimes. I still feel nervous about how people are going to respond. You know, sometimes people don't really agree. Sometimes people want to like go back and forth to argue. And so now it's like even just like specifying that I'm doing what God wants me to do. And then you got to take that up with my father. Like now you're going to have to take that up with him because I'm, I'm giving you what he told me to say. I'm giving you what his word says. If you got a problem with it, I'm not even the one to handle it with. Like, so that's, that's really where that comes from. Okay. Well, I love that. You got to do it scared sometimes. And yeah, when you're being led by God, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you got to take that up with God at this point. Like I'm just doing what I'm told. (laughs) Well, all right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back. Hey girl. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by the Millennial Wives Club. We are a community of supportive women who just so happen to be millennial wives, hence the name. We are actually more than just wives. We are mothers, we are bosses, we are friends, we are leaders in our community, daughters, sisters, and so much more. Despite the name, the Millennial Wives Club, 
you do not have to be a wife to join the club, but you do have to aspire to be a wife. If you are a woman who has a passion for connecting and supporting like-minded women, looking for a tribe to remind you that you are not alone, and don't mind going places with strangers who turn into sister friends, join us. Just go to the website, themillennialwivesclub.com slash join the club for more details on how to join your local chapter or how to start your own. All right, girl, we'll see you then. Now let's get back into the show. All right, we are back. Thank you so much, Teresa, for joining us for this episode. I really enjoyed listening to your story and hopefully our listeners out there also enjoyed it as well. Um, I will share where they can follow you on Instagram in the description of this episode. So if you want to follow Teresa, please look at that. Um, Now we are here for the last gem. What is an important message women should hear more of? I think more women need to hear that instead of just stepping outside up, outside of our comfort zones, we need to expand our comfort zones. And that I say that because like a lot of times I have stepped outside of my comfort zone and then literally step right back and be like, whoo, glad I ain't out there no more. And that was really like, not as productive. Like, yes, I learned a lot and yes, I did grow, but I didn't like build the habit or the routine or build that really consistency practicing getting better at whatever it was that I did stepping outside of my comfort zone. So I've taken so many pauses and so many breaks and I know we can't get discouraged and that's why we take those breaks and stuff like that. But when you're looking at it as expanding your comfort zone, you got to get good at it so that you're not so uncomfortable doing it, doing it anymore. And so one thing, like I know a lot of women want to be able to um, like put themselves out there, share information, speak at events, start podcasts, write books, like build relationships, make, make new friendships, like move to new cities, like take all these different transitions. You want to expand your comfort zone in that process. So that's really like, in addition to everything that I've already shared, but in order to apply those, you got to be able to expand your comfort zone. I love that expand your comfort zone we just spoke about that um comfort zones and getting uncomfortable so that is a great way to end the show thank (laughs) you again until next time bye well all right friends that's all i got until next time Thank you for tuning in to Women in Transition. I am your host, Tia Davidson. I hope you enjoyed the show. For show notes and submission of questions, please visit www.accordingtotia.com. But before you do that, can you do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast? And while you're there, leave a rating and a review on iTunes. I would really appreciate your feedback and your support. And if you're not already following me at According to Tia, or at the Millennial Wives Club, you are missing out. I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. To step out of my comfort zone, I'm not afraid. See, I don't want to block what God has for me. Watching what I feed my mind, good energy. Good energy. And I let go the people that's no good for me. See, I'm fully, fully persuaded, persuaded that I can do this. Yep, I can make it. I'm an entrepreneur with integrity. I like nothing. 